Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, we'll be sharing an inspiring message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Transformed by your Word. We love you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give him another shout of praise. All right, you guys can be seated in the house of the Lord. I like saying that. That sounds really cool. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good? Yeah. Amen. Cool, cool, cool. Our pastors are not here today. They um, actually went to go minister at, a, at an encounter, a Chinese encounter. They do not speak Chinese, but there's translation. And so they, they, go to, they, they invite our pastors like once a year or once every other year to minister at this place. And it's always powerful, you know. Um, it's pretty awesome that we can share our pastors, right? We, get, we don't want to be selfish and just keep them to ourselves. But uh, I'm excited and I feel honored uh, to share the word of God with people that I love, the people that I love most in this world. Uh, that includes my wife and the rest of y'all. <laughs> um, I'm going to share a message with you guys about courage. It's called Astonishing Courage. You know, and I asked Noemi... To, to play that video because Christianity was birthed in courage. You guys saw the video that was played or was, did it not play? Yeah? You know, every single one of the disciples of Jesus, except one, all gave their lives up. They were all killed for preaching the gospel and none of them backed down. The story of, of Peter is, is remarkable and I'm going to share about him today. Uh, it's, it's amazing because... History tells us that they try to get Peter to deny his Lord Jesus by threatening to crucify him on the cross. And he said, not only will I not deny my Lord, but I'm not worthy to die like him. So he chose to be crucified upside down. But he was not willing to back down for what he had been called to do. And when I, when I think about these men, it, it encourages me, and, and it makes me pray, Lord, give me that kind of boldness. Anybody else feel like I want that kind of boldness, that nothing will make me back down? And so when I used to think about this topic of courage and boldness, I saw how much I was lacking in my life, and instead of rising up to the challenge, it would actually bring condemnation. It would actually bring a sense of guilt. I don't know if you ever felt that way, but like, Knowing what Jesus paid for me and, and the courage that he displayed on the cross and seeing how little I was responding in courage, it would, it would make me feel condemned. But I have a word that I believe is going to bless you so much. I feel that God has done a great work in my life in this area, and he's only getting started, and I'm excited to share. So we're going we're gonna to read a little bit from the book of Acts. You better ask somebody. Acts chapter 4. We're going to read about this, this man named Peter. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I'm a very serious person. I don't, I don't play around much. So <laughs> Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And so the story goes that Peter and John had been walking to the place of prayer, right? They had, the Bible says it was 3 in the afternoon. They had a custom of praying at 3 in the afternoon. Um, they were going to this place of prayer, and they saw this man who was crippled. Many of you guys heard the story. The man was begging for money. He would, he would stay in this place, and he was begging for money. And so Peter and John, they get close to him, and he thinks that they're about to give him some, some money, some moolah. And, but instead, Peter responds, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, 
that's what I give you. And he grabs him by the arm and he says, in Jesus' name, get up and walk. And so after people see this amazing miracle, the Bible says that Peter preaches this amazing sermon and 5,000 were added to the church that day. How many of you guys can't wait for that day where we're not just seeing two people come to church, but we're seeing thousands of people being added to the church? It's coming. Woo! It's coming. Amen? You know, but many times when you see the hand of God in a powerful way in your life, it doesn't always mean that you're not going to go through a difficult time. Sometimes, you know, we're going through, through great times of encouragement, through great highs, you know, and, and then people go through the other side because how many of you guys know there's seasons to life, right? And you think, does this mean that God left me? And, you know, maybe it's not that God left you. Maybe it's God is giving you an opportunity to have an increase in courage. God is giving you an opportunity to rise up to a better, a higher level of courage. And so was the story with Peter and John that the, it says that the high priest got mad. The Bible says they got pissed. No, it doesn't say that. The Bible says that they got, they got upset that these men were preaching about Jesus Christ and his resurrection. You guys all with me so far? All right. Let's get to the, let's get to the nitty-witty. Verse 5. <laughs> I told you guys I'm a little too serious. Verse 5, it says, The next day the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest family. If you didn't get that, basically there was a bunch of big shots there, a bunch of really important people with high places of leadership. They had... They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called on account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. Can you feel the courage? Instead of backing down, they're like, oh, you want to know how this guy was healed? Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> okay. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. And then I love this verse. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now, this is the main verse where I got my title from. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. The sermon is called Astonishing Courage. They were astonished and they took note. You see how it's biblical to take notes in church? I just saw that right now. <laughs> Even the Pharisees took notes. If y'all ain't taking notes, Woo, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Let me jump to verse 18 real quick. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. Does that, does that pump anybody up? I'm going to grab this stand real quick because I'm about to take a stand for Jesus. 
Y'all better be used to that cheese because it's going to be coming. <laughs> so I want to share with you guys. You know, Pastor Pablo has uh, shared something that is so powerful with, with us, and it's called the 12 characteristics of the multiplying disciple. You know, if you want to be a multiplying disciple, the kind of disciple that God says, I need more of him. I need more of her. I need to reproduce my character into that person so that they can reproduce it into others. Amen. And so he has the 12 characteristics. So what I want to do is I kind of want to mix this, um, with this with this passage as I talk about courage. But my points are going to be based on that. If I lost you, don't even worry about it. Let's just keep on going because God is good. You know, I was, I was sharing with Pastor Pablo that I'm going to talk about this. And he told, he told me, remind them that courage is not the lack of fear, but having fear but going anyways. And I was like, dang, Pastor, let me end the sermon with that. Courage is... Is not the lack of fear. It's having fear and choosing to go anyways. He said, if you don't have fear, that just means you're crazy. You know, there's some people that are just crazy, right? <laughs> courage, is, that's, courage is not being crazy. Courage is, yeah, I feel the fear, but you know what? My courage stands above my fear. What I know I need to do is greater. I'm sure that Peter and John felt some fear at the moment as they threw them in prison, but they had convictions that they would live by. Amen? And that's, I believe that that's what God wants to do. Um, I want to read a couple quotes before I get to, 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 to my first point. A couple cool quotes that, that I really like. It says, uh, only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far it is possible to go. Ain't that cool? Only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far it is possible to go. Eleanor Roosevelt says, do one thing every day that scares you. That's funny. Michael Jordan, I can accept failure. Everybody fails at something, but I can't accept not trying. Fear is an illusion. The first point is teachable attitude. You know, I think one of the most encouraging things about, about courage is that you can grow. Did you know that you can become more courageous? You know, I'm a little bit more courageous than I was last year. And that's good news to me because that means I can be more courageous next year. That's, ins- that's exciting to me. The reason I say that you can grow in courage is because when Jesus found Peter, he was this simple fisherman. He wasn't this courageous man that was changing the world, but he had something about him, and that was a teachable attitude. You know, the first thing Jesus did was he changed his name. He said, from now on, your name's going to be Peter, from Simon, which meant shaky, not stable, not firm, but Jesus prophesied over his life, and he said, from now on, your name is going to be The Rock, Peter, right? And he told him, follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. If you're here and you say, man, I want to follow Jesus all out, I want to be like Peter, but I lack courage, I have good news for you. Jesus will make you a fisher of men. He will make you strong and courageous. But you need to have a teachable attitude. You need to be willing to learn. You know, I've learned that some things God will only speak to you on your knees in prayer. But there's some things that will only speak to you through your leader. Come on, somebody. There are some things that you need to be humble enough. You need to have the desire to want to learn, to want to go, to, to receive when God is trying to form your life. Like I said, these are not my points. These are from my pastor, teachable attitude, one of the, multipl- the characteristics of the multiplying disciples. It's pretty awesome because the Bible says that these guys took notes on their devils. They took note that 
they had been with Jesus. I wonder if when people see you, they say, man, there's so much courage. This guy must know Jesus. This guy must be, have been walking with Jesus for a while to have that kind of courage in their life. Let's allow God to form us, to make us more courageous. You know, formation is so important because if Peter didn't need it, Jesus wouldn't have wasted three and a half years of his life forming him into this courageous man of God that he became. That should encourage you. You know, um, I, I remember when after practicing music and playing my bass for a couple of years, People would come up to me, and they would hear me, and they would be like, man, like, you're talented. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah you best <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. You know, but they don't, they didn't know that when I barely started, I had the worst rhythm. I had no ability, no gift, you know, and I would get annoyed when I saw people that would just pick up an instrument and start. You guys know what I'm talking about? Those people, you just want to <clears throat> love them in Christ, right? <laughs> You know, and so after putting some time and paying a price and practicing and growing, now all of a sudden people want to say, oh, you're talented. You're gifted, you know, people that don't want to pay that same price. And you know what is so good is that there's some people that they're naturally talented, but they can't teach it because they didn't pay the price to learn it. And so I, I thought, I, think, I consider myself a, a decent music teacher because I know what it is to start from nothing and know, know what things I need to exercise, what things I need to do. And the reason I say that is because it's the same thing with courage. You know, some people are naturally courageous people, and um, you know them, right? <laughs> they get on your nerves. No, there's some people that are just like, man, they're just so bold and so courageous. But you know what's even better is when God takes a man like Peter that has no courage and he starts forming, he starts shaping him. And now when they see Peter's courage, they say, wow, this guy is not educated. There's nothing special about him, but Jesus is in his life. How can I get that kind of boldness? Amen? You need to have a teachable attitude. Man, right? How many of you guys want to disciple people that don't have a teachable attitude? But sometimes we can be that way. We think we know things already. We think we got things down. Let's not be those kind of people. Amen? Uh, just a little parenthesis. Should I share this? All right. You know, I have. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Woo. No, I'm just kidding. You know, <laughs> what, do I, what do I mean by that? I have a teachable attitude. I have. I have some, some disciples, I won't say any name, but no, just kidding. You know, I, I, have, I have different kinds of disciples. I have some disciples that they're, they're very open, they're transparent. You know, when I spend time with them, they tell me about the areas that they need help, that they need to grow in. And then I have the other kind of disciples that they, they never really um, open themselves up. How many of you guys leaders know what I'm talking about, you know? And I think when I say teachable attitude, you can't just always talk to your leadership about all the things that are perfect in your life. Sometimes you got to be willing to say, hey, I'm struggling with this. What do I do? Is there any books I can read? What? You know what I mean? But I also want to say you also don't want to be to the other side where you're just every time you talk to your leadership, you're just venting. You know, sometimes you need to get a little bit of strength on your own. Your, leaderships, your leadership is not God. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to grow some some guts and get on your knees in prayer. I just felt like I needed to say that, you know. Don't you need to have a balance. Don't be the person that's like you're dependent on your leader. If your leader's not there, you're going to die. But don't be but also don't be the kind of person that you guys know what I'm talking about? 
that you don't ever open up. You never share about areas that you need to grow in. Now let's go to point number two because I lost some of y'all. But it's okay because God is here. Point number two, heart for God. Heart for God. And I would say if there was only one thing I would share about, uh, it would be this. I love it because the Bible says that they were, that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. That he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Has anybody ever gotten stuck on the freeway because your car broke down because you forgot to put gas? Let's see. Let's see. We're in the house of God, people. Come on. Don't be lying to me. Anybody else? I praise you. God bless you. The rest of y'all sinners, you know the Bible says where y'all going. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, with a shameful face standing before you. My friends, my brothers, my sisters, you know, I, can, I think at least two to three times it happened to me. Yes, it happened to me. I praise the Lord for AAA. They've been, they've been good to me. Um, but you know what I realize? It's something silly, but I realize I can wait for my gas tank to go all the way down and then wait for that light to start flashing. And I say, okay, now it's time to put gas. Or as soon as I see it passing halfway... I can go to the gas station, and it's going to cost me the same amount of money. I'm not paying more money. The problem is, I'm, one, I'm being negligent, and I'm, and I'm trying to get as far as I can on empty. You know, and that, you're like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, that's how many Christians live their lives. They wait till they're on empty in their spirit. They wait till they're on empty in their emotions. You know, there's something so amazing about Peter and John that they live lives as full as they can possibly live. I made a decision that I want to live a life as full of the spirit of God as I can possibly live. Why wait till I'm all the way running on empty and then I, I need to spend time with God because I'm struggling so much. God, I'm desperate. If all the time you pray it's because you're desperate, something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? If every time you pray, you're like crying out to God because you're dying if he doesn't rescue you, it's like, okay. You know, you need to start getting in the presence of God. You need to make the presence of God your priority. What ultimately made these men courageous is that they knew, you know, the Bible says that when Jesus was alive, he had to rebuke Peter and John because when they needed him the most and Jesus was, was praying... In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, you guys fell asleep. You can't even pray for one hour with me at the time that I need you the most. But this is a different Peter and John. This is a Peter and John that every day they went to the house of God to pray. That in Acts chapter 6, it says that they needed people to serve tables. But Peter said, we cannot neglect prayer and preaching the word. It means I need prayer in my life. Peter recognized, I can't do what God has called me to do. If I'm not full of the Spirit of God, if not, I'm not in the presence of God daily. That needs to be the priority of your life. Maybe that's why your Christianity is so weak. Maybe that's why you're not seeing the hand of God. Maybe that's why there's no courage in your life because courage comes from Jesus. You know, pastor teaches us all the time that which you worship, you become like. The people that you spend time with, you start acting like them. How many of you guys know that's true? So why is there so little courage in our lives? Maybe we spent too little bit of time with the, man, with the one that is courageous. Maybe we spent too little bit of time in the presence of God. Let's fill up that gas tank. Amen? You know, this is not a thing of motivation, by the way. This is seeking God is, 
If you see God just when you feel like it, when you're motivated, you haven't understood it, right? Pastor says, determination begins where motivation ends. When you no longer feel motivated, that's when determination starts kicking in. You know, I, I remember when I was in Cal State LA, uh, and, I was, and God convicted me because I was about to take a test, and I felt like, like God convicted me, no, first I want you to spend time in the Word. And I was like, God, I haven't studied that much, you know, this week, and it's a midterm. I got to pass. But, man, I just, felt the pres- I just felt that conviction so strong that if I didn't make a decision to seek God first right now, if I didn't decide, I'm just not going to do it ever. And so I made a decision. I said, God, if I fail my test, I fail my test, but I will make you the priority of my life. I'd rather fail my, my school test than fail the test of life, than fail the test of seeking God first. You don't need motivation. It's a decision. I can still remember the day in my apartment in Alhambra where God began to convict me, where God said, I'm looking for worshipers. You guys know the Bible says that he seeks after worshipers. And I was like, God, I worship at church. And every once in a while I worship, but I'm not a worshiper, so, so maybe you're not looking for me. And I made a decision, whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to praise God every day. I'm going to worship God every day. Why do I say this? It's a decision. It's a decision. You either decide to seek God and make him the priority of your life, or you decide to put other things first. How do you know you have a heart for God? It's how you respond with things that fight for your time and your attention. When things are fighting for, for the time that belongs for God, what you respond, that determines whether you have a heart for God or not. When you say, man, there's so much stuff I got to do in my life, but you know what? Jesus is first. Even if I don't get everything done, I'm going to spend time with Jesus. That's how you know someone that has a heart for God. Amen? The third thing, relationship building. Relationship building. Uh, often throughout the Bible, you see this guy Peter and John together. You guys, is there is there people in your life that when you that when you spend time with them, they just bring courage to you? No, maybe you're not getting it good. Um, there's 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 a couple here that they just became special friends. You guys know who I'm talking about? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alex. Angel, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna embarrass, I'm not gonna embarrass you guys. I already am. <laughs> How long have you guys been special friends? A week. Alex, my boy Rojas, come here. Help me preach this sermon because I feel like I'm losing some people. I feel, like, I feel like I'm. No, just Alex, just Alex. We'll let Alex, we'll let Alex represent you. I love this guy. He's my boy. I just called them to my team of 12. <laughs> what, <laughs> so you guys have been special friends for a week now? Okay. What are some stuff that you like about Angel? Uh, it doesn't have to be long, just a few things. Uh, she's outgoing. She's courageous. Angel? Yeah. She's fearless. Um, she has a lot of compassion. Very artistic. All right, let's take it with the mic because he's going to keep on going. So how, does, how do you feel when you're around her? Do you feel, like, inspired? Do you feel stronger? Do you feel, like, frustrated? 
Be honest. Be honest. She needs to know. She needs to hear the truth. We need to form her. Nuria, JC, are you guys okay if we form her? Uh, I would say I feel uh, encouraged. Don't be trying to. No, 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 no. Be honest. He's like, what do you want me to say? No, yeah. um, Yeah, she's she's there to listen. She's a good listener. Um, She doesn't speak over me. She waits for the right moment. So that always, yeah, she's got wisdom. <laughs> um, yeah, she's, uh, she, uh, she's encouraging, very encouraging, especially when I have doubts or anything that's going on. She's always there to, like, you know, speak life. Does she make you feel stronger, more courageous as a person? Yeah, she, yeah, she does. Yeah, she, her being bold about, like, speaking to people has definitely, like, started a fire in me. Because, I, you know, I struggle with that, like, growing up in the church, being very bold and sharing my, uh, my faith. So, yeah, she's good. Let's give it up for, for Alex and Angel. It says in Ecclesiastes 4, 9, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You know, there's some people that suck the courage out of you. There's some people that suck the faith out of you. And then there's some people that when you're around them, honestly, I feel so much more confident when I preach and my wife's here. I don't know, I don't know why. I just feel like I know she loves me. I know she, she tells me I'm her favorite preacher. And like... <laughs> She, honestly, she was like, I'm excited to hear you preach. I don't know if she means it or not, but it works. <laughs> Shoot, I'll take it, you know. And there's some people that they just bring faith and courage. And that's what Peter and John did for one another. I believe that when Peter was with John, he just preached with greater boldness. He preached with greater passion. He lived his life out, you know. And sometimes the reason we lack courage is because we don't have the right people around us. We have life suckers around us. We have people that bring negativity and fear into our lives. And you need to learn to build the right kind of relationships. Pastor Pablo says, if the, if the people around you don't have the same level of faith or higher level of faith, you need to get some new friends, right? The people around you, they should be building up your faith. If every time you spend time with them, you feel like you love Jesus less, you feel like you're less radical about Jesus, less passionate about Jesus, you need to start getting some new friends. And you know what? It takes work. I I like what Pastor Pablo titled this point, relationship building, because it takes work to build a relationship. It takes work. It takes being vulnerable. It takes being forgiving it takes having grace towards other people you know this is an area in my life that I that I really want to grow in um but you know courage is is contagious I wrote this down you will be the same person you are today five years from now except for the people you meet and the books you read I thought that was so good you will be the same person you are today five years from now except for the people you meet and the books you read. And you guys have heard this. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Invest into people that build. Honestly, there's some of you guys that, can I be real? 
There's some of you guys, I'm not prophesying this, but unless you do something, five years from now, you're going to be in the exact same place. Because you're not willing to be courageous enough to leave some friends and get some new ones. You're too comfortable. The people that you're around, you like how they joke around. You like, you feel like you don't have to change. They know all your weaknesses. And you, because you lack the courage to do something about it, like I said, I'm not prophesying over you. I'm warning. You're going to be in the same place five years from now. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. I need people around me that will lift me up, that will make me stronger in my faith, that will make me stronger as a witness of Jesus. People that I see their lives and I'm like, dang, that's awesome. I want to be more like that. Amen? Amen. Uh, trustworthy. Num number four, trustworthy. Trustworthy. You, got, you know, um, sometimes when we're here at church and we're with, with Jacob, our son, Alba will tell you, um, a couple times people have like, their people are like, wow, he's so calm. Like, he's just so chill and stuff. And I'll be looking at him like, that kid's a hypocrite. Because <laughs> when we're at home, oh, <laughs> when we're at the house, he's like crying and screaming. And then he comes to church and he's like, who are you? I don't even know you. Get out of here. <laughs> like, no, I'm just kidding, you know. But the reason I say that is because some of y'all are hip. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to, to, be, to be trustworthy, it's a, you have to be a man or a woman of integrity. And I believe that, that people of integrity are courageous people. Let me explain why. Why were, were Peter and John people of integrity? Why were they trustworthy you know, when they were out in the crowd and they had performed a miracle and everybody wanted to hear what they had to say, they preached that, that same message. They said, Jesus Christ, salvation is found in no one else. He resurrected from the dead. He actually told them, you guys crucified him. But God sent him to save you. And sometimes it's easy to say that when everybody just, just saw God move in a powerful way and they're excited to hear your message. But now, just a couple hours later, they're in prison in the face of these people that are intimidating them, trying to bring fear. And you know what I love about it? They were the same people. They preached the same message. That's what integrity is. Is I'm the same person when I'm in church as I am when I'm in work, as I am when I'm at home with my family. And when you're a person of integrity, you have courage. You know why I say that? Because some people can't be courageous for Jesus in, with, with their friends because they act just like their friends. When they're at church, they're like worshiping. They, they, they call everybody hermano and hermano. I'm just kidding. You know, they're like strong in their faith. But then when they're at work, they speak the same perverted jokes as everybody else. They speak the same curse words at everybody else. So you know if you talk to them about Jesus, you're a hypocrite in their eyes. So you don't have any courage. If you want to be courageous, you, make, you need to make a decision today. I'm going to be a man, a woman of integrity. I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to be the same person everywhere. Amen? You know what's beautiful? God can do great things in the life of someone who's trustworthy. You know, he entrusted his gospel message to these men, Peter and John, and they were faithful to proclaim the message even in the face of fear, in the face of death. 
Integrity is being the same person at all times. You know, you can't, you can't influence somebody that you imitate, right? You can't be an influence to someone that you act just like them. You have to have something about you that's different, that shows with your life that you can say, hey, I'm not perfect, but man, God has changed my life. I'm trying to live my life every day for his, for his glory. And the same God that is changing me, that you've seen that I'm different. You've seen that I don't act like everybody else. You don't have to say all that. But that same God is the one that I want you to know. There's courage because you know you're not playing, you're not putting on a mask all of a sudden when you need to be loud about Jesus. You know, it, the word hypocrite, it comes from, back in the days, it comes from, from, that's what they would call actors and actresses. Because when you think about an actor and actress, they're, they're living their lives, they're normal people, but then they come up and they put this show on and they're somebody else. That's where the word hypocrite comes from. And maybe many of us, we lack courage because that's how we live our lives. We don't have integrity. We're somebody else with different people. We're somebody else at home than we are at church. I was sharing in, in macro, so you know how, how sometimes people will ask me, like, oh, is it a sin to cuss, you know? And I think it's less than if, if it's a sin. It's more like, why do you want to sound like everybody else? Why do you want to be like the world? What is it about them that, that is so attractive to you? That what is it about the world that you're more attracted to it than you are to the one who gave his life for you? Amen? Another thing about is it okay, is it a sin to cuss, I, I think about it this way. When I worship God, when I pray to God, I, I can't cuss. I can't cuss in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't think you can freely do it either if you're, you're genuinely honest. So why do you become a hypocrite? <laughs> and start speaking a different way now. The Bible says you can't worship God with your tongue and with that same tongue curse men. In other words, be the same person. Speak the same way. Why do you feel that you need? Honestly, I don't even care that much if you cuss, you know. Like that's between you and the Lord and the people that have to hear that nonsense. But, <laughs> you know, like why do you, why do you need to speak like everybody else? Why, why is the world so attractive? Let's be men and women of integrity. Let's be trustworthy people that God can say, I can trust this person. And, and honestly, it shows in, in the little things, the faithfulness, you know. Like some, some people, and I pray this offends you. <laughs> some people, they come to church to sell group. Every week, every week for years, late, every time. It's like faithful in the little things. Why is, it, why is it that you can't grow up and start going on time? You know, like let's start being trustworthy. I love having disciples around me that are reliable, that are trustworthy people. It's like I can count on this person. But even more than that, God loves having those kind of people around them. God loves having men or women that this person is trustworthy. I know they're dependable. I know they're going to be there. I know they're not going to back off in the face of fear or threats. Amen. Trustworthy people are courageous people. God make us trustworthy. And the last thing that I want to share with you guys, you guys receiving so far, yes? The last thing is a servant's heart. A servant's heart. By the way, um, I think we as, as our pastors, disciples... Um, this is something that I believe uh, God has put in, in, in our pastor's hearts, the 12 characteristics of the multiplying disciples. We need to uh, learn these things. We need to start living them out. Um, now back to my preaching. A servant's heart. Last point, amen. 
servant's heart. And you guys, hey, don't, don't get excited about it. <laughs> Having a servant's heart. I love it because when they stood in front of these people, they said, you want to know how this happened? Peter could have been like, well, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for three and a half years. I'm a man of faith. When I say get up, people get up. And what? Shoot. Like, Mar- like Marco says, su tururu. Right? <laughs> but that's not what Peter said. He said, you want to know how he got up? It's in the name of Jesus that this man stands before you. It's not about my name. It's not about my reputation. He had a servant's heart. You know why we, we lack so much courage? It's because it's all about us. And so when your reputation's in line, you're going to back out because what if my image is messed up? But when it has nothing to do with you, then you can be courageous. This is not about me. This is not what you think about me. This is about the name of Jesus. He's the one that saves people. He's the one that heals people. He's the one that changes people. And it takes, it takes courage to have humility. Did you know that? Do you know that I've heard, I've heard it said that Meekness is not weakness, but meekness is strength under control. Pastor Elni taught us that. And, and meekness, by the way, means humility. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength under control. And I think one of the best examples of that is when Jesus is gathered around his 12 disciples. And the Bible says that he put a, a, a towel around his waist. He got on his knees and he began to wash his disciples' feet. That's courage. You know why? Because Jesus wasn't about his image and about his reputation. He was humble. It takes courage to be humble. You know, people think that insecurity and timidity is a personality thing. No, it's a pride thing. When you're insecure, it's because it's all about you. And, oh, I don't want to make a fool out of myself. I don't know what people might, how they might look at me, how they might think about me. I grew, and I say that. I grew up my whole life with insecurity and with timidity, and I always justified it by it's just like, oh, this is just the way I am. This is the way my family is, you know. But it's pride. It's pride because it's all about you. It's all about your reputation. And and we live in a generation, in a likes generation, where it's all about how many people I can get to like me. And we check our messages every day to see if our numbers, our, our likes went up, you know. And that robs our courage. I'm not talking about Instagram. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about you always wanting everybody, I always wanting everybody to like me, to approve of me. When you start humbling yourself, when you start having a servant's heart and caring more about that person than what that person thinks about you. Caring more about what Jesus wants to do in the life of people than what they might think about you. Then you'll start living a courageous life. Amen. Let's ask God to give us a servant's heart. You know, something that I want for for me, uh, I want to be more vulnerable. Me saying this is me being vulnerable. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I think it takes courage to be vulnerable. To say, man, I, I need people around me. I need my leadership. I need my co-disciples. I need my disciples, you know. I, I need help. <laughs> you know, I need somebody. No. It takes, I want to be more vulnerable, you know. Like, I don't, I don't always want to act like I got everything together. Act like my life is, is put in order. Like things, you know. But that takes courage. That takes courage. You guys know what I'm talking about? Let me ask you guys to stand up with me because they're putting the music. (laughs) But I believe this message has blessed you. I want to read one last last scripture. Mm 
being vulnerable right now because I can't find it. I need to learn my Bible better. What's going on here? I'm trying to find Philippians chapter 1. You know, before I read this, the Bible talks about how Paul was in prison when he was writing this. And Paul said, you know what, don't worry about me because everybody found out that I'm in prison because of preaching the gospel of Jesus. And so more people are starting to be courageous. That's a servant's heart. He's like, don't worry about me. Yeah, I'm suffering, but the name of Jesus is being lifted up. This is not about Paul. This is about Jesus. Paul was courageous because Paul didn't care about his name. He didn't care about his reputation. So he was willing to die for Christ. And he says it in these beautiful words. He says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Man, I don't know if that's the same cry of, of your heart. Uh, maybe some of you, you don't know Jesus, and so you're saying, why would I want Jesus' name above my name, you know? But in order to follow Jesus, that's the number one thing that you need to do. When he said, follow me, if you want to be a disciple, some of you guys are not disciples of Jesus, and he's giving you that opportunity today. And that opportunity, that call is the same. He says, deny yourself. It's not about you. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. You know, Jesus paid the price for your salvation. It's amazing. He wants you to have eternal life with him. But the calling is deny yourself. Leave your life, leave your sin, leave your reputation. Take up your cross, whatever the price you have to pay, and then follow me. As you guys close your eyes with me, I want you guys to hear the words of our Master Jesus, of our Lord, our Savior, saying, deny yourself. Would you deny yourself for me? Would you take up your cross? I took up my cross for you. When you didn't even want me, when you were lost in your sin, I took up my cross for you. And now I'm calling you to follow me. I believe there's some of you that you have a battle because you want to follow Jesus. But man, you love the world so much. You love the opinions of people so much. You care way too much about those people that call themselves your friends. What they might think about you. And God's giving you an opportunity today to take a step of courage, a step of boldness. If that's you today and you say, you know what, I don't, I don't know how to do it, but if God will give me the strength, if God will be with me, I'm willing to deny myself. I'm willing to take up my cross, whatever that means. And I'm willing to follow Jesus above following myself, above following my friends. I'm willing to follow Jesus today. If that's you today, I'm going to invite you to, to walk up to the front, to walk up to this altar. Because if you can't be courageous here in the house of God, how are you going to be courageous out there? So if that's you, come up to the front. Take a stand for Jesus. You say, I don't know, I don't feel it. It's not motivation. 
It's not inspiration. It's a decision. It's a decision to make the prayer that John the Baptist said, may I decrease so that Christ may increase. May I become nothing so that he may become everything in my life. It's no longer about me. Jesus, you gave everything for me. I want to follow you. You're worthy of being followed. Who are you following today? Who are you following with your life? Let me tell you, there's no one better to follow than Jesus Christ. There's nobody better that you can trust your life than Jesus Christ. So if you're out there still and you're battling, God's giving you a chance. The Bible says today is the day. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of decision. Today's the day of surrendering your life fully to Jesus. Come up to the front. Take a step of courage, of boldness. Oh God, we love you. We are so unworthy of you, God, but yet you make us worthy through your blood. You cleanse us with your blood. And call us your children. You call us your own. Today, we make a decision for you, Jesus. Would you pray the, the words of that song? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided I am making a decision to follow Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me. There's no turning back. I have nothing to go back to. Today, would you make a decision to leave everything behind? There's nothing back there for you anymore. I will follow you, Jesus. I will give you my life. You are my life. To live is Christ. To die is gain. You are my everything. Would you pray this with me, especially if you're in the front, say, tonight. Jesus Christ, I thank you for giving me an opportunity to follow you with all my life. Give me courage. Give me boldness to deny myself, to deny my life, to take up my cross, and to follow you. No turning back. You are my life, and my life is yours. God, I pray for these men, for these women here, Lord. I thank you because you see their heart, you hear their prayer tonight, God. And I declare that none of them will leave this place the same, God. That they will see the courage of the Spirit of God living inside of them, God. That they will not back down in the face of timidity, of insecurity, God. That they are men and women that are courageous. That when the devil tries to tell them that they're afraid, that they're ashamed, God. That they will stand on your word. That they will stand on who you are, Jesus. You are our strength. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by your spirit, God. And you are in this place. Oh, God, we love you. We lift you up. We lift you up, Jesus. Just take a moment. If you feel like there's, you just need to express yourself to God. We can turn up the music for a little bit. Speak with your own words. Speak out loud. Sometimes we just pray inside of our hearts. But today you need to open up your mouth and tell God what you want. Ask what you want him to do in your life. Tell him the kind of life that you want to live. The kind of person that you want to be. 
a person that is unashamed of Jesus, unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to stand for him above all else, to have that servant's heart, to be willing to lay down your life for his cause. Lord, make us men like your disciples, God, that didn't back down in the face of fear, in the face of threats, in the face of danger, God. Make us those kind of men that people are astonished by our courage because it comes from you that they would say, there's something about them. I know they've been with Jesus. I know that Jesus is the Lord of their lives. I know that Jesus lives in their heart because that kind of courage is not human. That's the courage of God. That's the strength of God in their, in their lives. We declare that CFF is a courageous church, that CFF is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will stand for you, Lord. We will stand, we will reach the end of our lives, God, standing for you. We love you. Why don't you give them a shout of praise? Why don't you give them a round of praise? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, King Jesus. We honor you, King of Kings. Amen. I love you guys. Um, man, let's do it, right? Let's live our lives for Jesus. God bless you guys. And. Uh